0: Shalom, and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat learning session by TBA rabbinic intern, Yael Aronoff. Since the topic is prayers, I like to start this kind of uh, learning together with a prayer uh, for studying Torah. Uh, it's at the top of the source sheet. Um, Next time I'll put in with actual god's names. This will happen this way. Um I'll start on a tune it's a it's a tune I learned from when I was up in Berkeley from Rabbi Menachem Creditor. I'll start it on some nine nine nines and then you can join along when you're when you feel comfortable with the melody, you can join along in the words of the prayer for studying Torah. Nine nine nine
1: nine 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 nine
0: So there's an old joke you may have heard about an atheist who goes to shul every Shabbat and sits next to his friend, Ginsburg. One day someone asks the atheist why he keeps coming to services if he doesn't believe in God. He responds, Ginsberg goes to Shul to talk to God. I go to Shul to talk to Ginsberg. So, with that joke in mind, um, obviously we're all here at Shul, and I don't want to make any assumptions as to why anyone comes to Shul. We have Ginsberg, and we have Ginsberg's friend, so there's a plethora of reasons. Um, That being said, we do spend a lot of time in shul praying, right? So anytime there's an opportunity to um, sort of try to understand what it is we're doing when we're praying, I like to take that opportunity. And so I will take that opportunity as we are going to turn to some wisdom from our ancestors in the Parsha, uh, Parsha Toldot, that we were just reading um, as to how our ancestors in this story, how Yitzchak and Rivka interacted with prayer, and also what it means to get a response from God, what that looks like. Um, so I'm definitely uh, I'm going to ask for people who feel comfortable reading. I think when we read the verses from the Torah, I would love it if we could do it in Hebrew and English because I want to unpack some of what's going on in the Hebrew, but then when we look at commentary, we can stick to reading in English. So does anyone feel comfortable? We're going to be focusing on the three verses from sheet 25, 21 through 23 that you can see on the first page. Does anyone feel comfortable to read those three verses in the Hebrew and English for us? Thank you, Rabbi.
2: Thanks. Okay. Um okay. Ba ye tar it khak ishto. Ki akarahi, Ba ye adonai. Ba ta ishto. Ba ye drotsu habaneem bakirbah wat homer. Imken lama ze ano khi. li drosh et adonai. Ba yomer adonai la Shnei goyim bevitnech, u shnei leumim yiparedu, u leom milom ye'ematz, Ya Avod tza'ir. Yitzchak pleaded with Adonai on behalf of his wife because she was barren. And Adonai responded to his plea and his wife Rivka conceived. But the children struggled in her womb. And she said, if so, why do I exist? She went to inquire of Adonai, and Adonai answered her, two nations are in your womb, two separate peoples shall issue from your body. One people shall be mightier than the other, and the older shall serve the younger.
0: Thank you so much. That was very beautiful. So I feel like we can um, start to unpack that. Uh, So we can turn the page. You can see um, at the top, we have a modern, interpretation, interpretive drawing of um, Yitzchak and Rivka praying. Um, and so we're going to start with the first verse, and we're not... I i am noticing a pattern when I make source sheets. There's going to be stuff that we're going to sort of pass over. So in this first verse, I actually do want to focus on this vayetar and vayetater, these words that are used both for um, in the translation that we just read, Yitzchak pleading, but there's also another translation of Yitzchak entreating, and we'll see there's other ways of understanding what that um, word that has the root of ayin, taf, resh, what that means. And then it's also how God responds to Yitzchak, um, as you see the in the next yellow highlight, vayeater lo Adonai. Adonai responds to his plea, or Adonai was entreated of him, um, and then we get God's response with, Rufka getting pregnant. Um, so I want to focus on this question, and you'll see in the leading questions, what is Yitzchak doing? Um, and I'm curious to know what you all think, but before we get there, we're going to look at a few, a little bit of commentary, starting with, of course, our uh, French 11th and 12th century commentator Rashi. So can someone read the Rashi in the English? Great, thank you.
3: So this is Genesis 25:21. You're yes. referring to, okay?
0: Yes,
3: thank you. and Yitzchak entreated, meaning he prayed much and urgently. Vayatir lo, God was entreated of him. God let Himself be urged, conciliated, and influenced by him. I say that whatever, wherever this root ayin tough resh occurs. It has a meaning of heaping up and increasing. For example, Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 11. And a thick eter cloud of incense, which means an abundance of ascending smoke. Ezekiel chapter 35, verse 13. You have multiplied, hitatartem, your words against me. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 6. The kisses of an enemy are importunate, tarot They appear to be too many, and therefore they are burdensome. All French, en to English, to increase.
0: Thank you. That was great French pronunciation. Um, thank you so much. So we have Rashi adding in another possibility. So, so far we've had these words meaning pleading, And Yitzchak pleading, Adonai responding to his plea. We have Yitzchak entreating Adonai and Adonai being entreated of him. And now Rashi's adding in this idea of this word having something to do with heaping up and increasing, to increase. Um, So I wanna shout out to uh, Shaina, who recommended this drosh by Rabbi Noah Kushner from the kitchen. And um, Rabbi Noah Kushner adds in something from her teacher, yeah, let's read it. Does, does someone want to read this? I think it's, it's nice, and I just want to take a quick look at what uh, Rabbi Noah Kushner from the kitchen has to say about this word, vayatar. Um, yes, great, thank you. Um, just to help us uh, give one more idea of what could be going on with this word. Thank you.
4: The Hebrew word for Isaac's praying is a strange one, vayatar. Vayatar. You're sure. Um, Typically translated as he pleaded or he prayed, but that word can also mean a shovel. And my teacher, Aviva Zornberg, taught me that they say in Midrash Rabbah that the prayers of the righteous are like a shovel. Because just like a shovel turns over the earth, real prayers change the acts of God. Now, I don't know, I have prayed for a lot of things, good and righteous things, and they didn't happen. But I do know that praying changed something in me not unlike a shovel turning earth over and over and so i was very interested to learn that when torah says isaac finally prays not sure what he was doing for the first 20 years Pierquet de Rabbi eliezer it says isaac took rebecca up to mount moriah
0: thank you So yeah, the the 20 years she's referencing, if you noticed in uh, the beginning of the Torah reading, we heard that when Yitzchak and Elifka get married, Yitzchak is 40. And then when when they have their twins, uh, Yitzchak is 60. So, um, but what I want to focus on here is that this idea of praying being like a shovel. So it kind of, it connects with what Rashi was saying about um, heaping and increasing, because you can be shoveling stuff up and there's like the piles of dirt that you're shoveling up. And so there's this like real um, internal prayer, internal action of what prayer is. And I also love, you can just, um, we'll, well, she references the Pirkei Rabbi Eliezer Midrash that talks about that when this prayer happens, um, Yitzchak and Rivka go to Mount Moriah, which has all of the imagery of you know, the um, Akedah, of what happened between Yitzchak and his father, Avraham. Um, So that's just there, um, just to reference that. And I think we're actually going to move past, if you can keep these source sheets and if you want to look over them more over Shabbat, it would be my pleasure. But we're going to skip over my other question about Lenochach Ishto. It just unpacks more about what's going on between them, because I want to hear from you. Um, from our questions for reflection, which of these explanations of what Yitzchak is doing speaks to you the most? Does it make sense? You think at this moment that he's pleading and treating. Do you like this imagery of the shoveling and increasing and the heaps of of going internally and maybe going back to what happened on Mount Moriah? Um, Do any of those speak to you? Or maybe you have another explanation of what's going on between Yitzchak and God in this verse. um, And I'd love to hear why. So does anyone have thoughts? Yeah. Okay, so this is not going to...
4: I'm not going to answer your question that you just asked, but I will say that the shovel metaphor of turning over doesn't speak to me Mm. because I'm from Minnesota originally. (laughs) And when I think shovel, I think burden and work and heavy and like not positive, Mm. but sort of negative. Mm. Like, it's just interesting that that particular word does not sit with me as a metaphor of like, turning over
0: and finding a new thank you for that perspective because i'm from la so i don't understand that that idea but that's helpful because um because that means maybe we need to look for a different idea of what he's doing so if anyone has a different idea or one of these speaks to them thank you
5: i like the suggestion from rabbi kirschner that um isaac himself was changed Mm. by his praying and that that change might have been significant I also feel like it's not it's not clear that God answered and replied to Isaac. He does get Rebecca pregnant, but God speaks with Rivka. Right. And we're
0: going to get to that. I
5: think she's the only of our matriarchs to whom he speaks. I think she really is a prophetess in that sense. Mm -hmm. And it may be that, you know, instead of always referring to the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, or referring to all seven patriarchs and matriarchs, we should occasionally be referring to Abraham, Rivka, and yes, and uh, Yaakov.
0: I love that. Thank you so much. And that actually, I think, is a good, uh, that's a good um, transition into what's going on with Rivka and God. So thank you for that. And um, I, I think I'll try that on sometime. I like that idea of the God of Abraham, the God of Rivka, the God of Yaakov. Um, so let's look at what's going on with Rivka. So we have this verse. And I do want to look at the two questions I have about what Rivka is doing, because they're connected. So we have the Lidrosh, and we have, so what's going on with Lidrosh, and Vatelech, where is Rivka going? That's a question that a lot of the commentators spend time on. Um, So we are going to start with Ramban, our Spanish 13th century commentator, Um, and... Also, we're going to look at the Rashi. Uh, well, mm, yeah. Let's let's read through the uh, Ramban, the Rashi. This time, I do want to read the, what the Pirkei De-Rabbi Eliezer says, and the Sarna. The uh, Contemporary commentator of the 20th and early 21st century. Um, and we can uh, maybe have one or two people to take us through the English of those commentaries to explore what's going on with Vatelef Lidrosh. She went, in our translation, she went to inquire, but Lidrosh can mean many other things. And Vatelef, where is she going? So, does anyone want to take us through those English commentaries? Thank you.
6: So Ramban on Genesis 25, and she went, Lidrosh, to inquire of the eternal. Rashi comments, to tell what her outcome will be. Now, I have not discovered the word drisha Lidrosh, to inquire in relation to God, except in the context of prayer, as in the verses, I sought, darashti the eternal, and he answered me. Seek ye me, Dirshuni, and live. As I live, saith God, the Eternal, I will not be inquired of, edaresh, by you.
0: Thank you. And can we get the Rashi as oh, well?
6: Sure. Um, Batomerim Cain means, and she said, if the pain of pregnancy be so great, Lamaze anochi, why is it that I longed and prayed to become pregnant? From Genesis, Rabbah 63.6. Batelech lidrosh. And she went to inquire at the school of shame, Genesis Rabbah 63.6, Lidrosha Tadonai, to inquire of the Lord that God might tell her what would happen to her at the end.
0: Thank you. And if you want to continue, oh, maybe, okay, we can find someone else. Someone wants to read the, thank you, the Pirkei, Dharavi Eliezer, and Sarna, also both asking the question of where did she go?
7: The time, of her, the time of her confinement came around and her soul was nigh unto death, owing to her pains. And she went to pray in the place where she and Yitzhak had gone, as is said, and she went to inquire of the Lord.
0: Thank you. And let's hear the Sarna too.
7: She went to inquire of the Lord. The idiom employed means to seek divine guidance in a moment of great perplexity and anguish. Generally one would go to a specific sanctuary or to some charismatic personage. Of recognized authority, in this case, the narrative is, tantal- is tantalizingly short on details. Cor- according to Genesis twenty-five eleven, the couple living at lahai Lahairoi at this time, the place where Hagar had received the divine announcement concerning the birth and destiny destiny of a son, as told in Genesis sixteen seven to fourteen. This may have influenced Reefka to go to the same site is to be noted that the divine name is carefully employed in both inquiry and response as though to dissociate her action from any pagan Celtic rite.
0: thank you thank you so much okay so to recap we have three explanations of maybe where rivka went to do this lead roshing um we have uh rashi who says that she went to the school of shem which is a uh place that is talked about in midrash um we have Pirkei de Rabi Eliezer, um, who, in the translation, it seems to imply that she goes back to Mount Moriah, where Yitzchak initially had gone. Um, in the Hebrew, I'm not so sure, the Hebrew says B'makom tahor. Um, so it could be that she went to a pure place, but it seems like Pirkei de Rabi Eliezer and also uh, our, the, the rabbi from uh, the kitchen, Rabbi Noah Kushner, both seem to think she's going to Mount Moriah. So um, Sarna says, she is there in Be'er Lahai Roi, so she's in the place where Hagar received the divine announcement about the birth and destiny of the sun. So we have these three options, the school of Shem, Mount Moriah, or the place where Hagar was. Um, so I'm curious if any of these ideas of where Rifka went to do this Lidroshing um, makes sense to you, if you have another suggestion. And then I want to talk a little bit more about the, what does it mean that she did this Lidrosh. So any thoughts on where did Rifka go And these three options?
7: I think it makes sense that she went to Haramoria, yeah, because not only is it a place of test for Abraham, it's also a test
3: for uh, Yitzhak,
1: right? Who
3: could have fought back, who could have moved to protect himself, he didn't, and that's more but also a statement of his faith, yeah, in, in Hashem that he would not be. Here she goes back to this place uh, praying and treating, pleading,
1: begging for
0: children. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, I, yeah, that, that one speaks to me, too. And there's there's a lot that Rivka can be doing, even though it wasn't her own experience in her relationship with Yitzchak. I think that's a really beautiful idea. Um, I'll take any one more thought on where Rivka might go, if anyone has one more thought. I just want to
4: add to what Arthur said, yeah. about harmony, which, oh, which, also makes sense to me for exactly the same reasons, but Lidrosh in Hebrew is also a little more demanding mm-hmm. than, than is kind of reflected in these translations. Right. And it seems that if she's going to go be demanding, yeah. that she's going to go to to Harmonia, where you know, there was an urgent kind of demanding need for some kind of message or intervention. Yeah. So I, it was, was more about Lidrosh.
0: Thank you, yes, and and speaking of Lidrosh, I would love if Rabbi over here could tell us what you were saying about Lidrosh and...
6: Oh uh, yeah, and the, essentially um, Rivka, I believe, is the first person in the Torah to employ that word. So this is the first time we ever get the concept of drosh and in this context, meaning prayer, it's very interesting because in right. text study, to drash is to come up with an explanation for something right yeah
0: right so the, these two like modern ways we use the word whether it's lead to demand or lead to drosh to interpret to explain so i think it's so interesting the first time that it's used it's used in this way of deep prayer um so i want to quickly look at uh god's response to if as you were um talking about earlier so we have in the text in, um, on the next page on page six uh we have gray sheet 25 23 Vayomer Adonai La." That seems to me pretty straightforward in the pshat, like you were saying, Norm, that um, God is speaking to Rifka. That's how I would read it in the pshat. But we have three more commentators. I, maybe I'll just quickly read through the three commentators, Rashi and then Ibn Ezra, the Spanish 12th century commentator, and Radak, the French 12th and 13th century commentator. They all have a different idea of what's going on here when God uh, responds Vayomer Adonai La to Rivka. And the Eternal said unto her, through a messenger, it was told to Shem by holy inspiration, and he told it to her. Genesis, Rabbah 63, 7. So we're back in this Genesis Rabbah world. Rashi's interested in this idea of she went to the school of Shem, and then Shem is acting as this messenger, this go-between between rifka and God. And then Ibn Ezra says, And the Lord said unto her, via a prophet, or through Avraham himself, For Avraham did not pass away until her sons were 15 years of age. So even though we hear of Avraham's death in last week's Parsha, Ibn Ezra and I've seen others, and Radak will also argue. Radak says, La means by means of the prophet who was either Shem or Avraham. So Radak is like either Rashi or Ibn Ezra, but it wasn't directly. This is what these commentators are saying. Um, And I think it's interesting, um, because I'm curious if one or two people want to discuss whether this verse makes sense, that God is speaking to Rifka through a messenger or prophet, Shem, Abraham, maybe someone else, or what about this possibility of understanding this verse as a description of direct communication between God and Rifka? a lot of
1: letters <laughs> over yeah.
5: the centuries. Can I conceive of speaking directly with a woman, regardless of how important or or pious or otherwise wonderful she might be. And personally, I reject that completely. God certainly has the power to communicate directly to women just as he can directly to men, although he doesn't seem to do enough of either.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I think
5: they're just trying to come up with an excuse.
0: Right. Right. Thank you. That's sort of how I read it too. I'm curious. Maybe we can take one
1: more
8: crowd on this, if you, yeah. I other mean, Yeah. Where God spoke directly to a prophet. I mean, was there any caveat that said, by the way, I'm really talking to you this time. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it just seems right. as though this seems kind of selective. I mean, right. I mean was there anything that would, would signal and other places where okay like you know yes despite the fact that it's coincidentally a woman this time i mean right. they, is there a reason why we are to believe that this one's not like a for real direct you know a communication with god right is there any you know i right? have
0: the same question i think what rashi might say and not to speak on behalf of rashi but i'm trying to imagine <clears throat> that rashi might say because because it says that she went somewhere so he's going through this midrash in genesis Rabbah, which is saying okay so she went to this place to do this inquiry so she's inquiring of god but if she goes to the school of shem so shem is the person who's gonna be the go-between but i also i agree with this question of for me it seems pretty clear at least the way i read it i feel like god is speaking to rifka directly and i think because we have the history also of the tradition that it could be through a messenger through a prophet um so i have there's two reflections on the last page page seven. Oh yeah oh yes
8: just one quick thought i think that norm is probably right in general that the medieval sages couldn't fathom or were not comfortable with the idea of god speaking directly to a woman i also think that particularly rashi he almost always has a textual anchor for what he says even if what he says is influenced by a philosophy and I wonder here, and this is the smallest of things, but there's there's always something bothering Rashi in the verse. Normally when God speaks to a human being, the preposition is El, uh, Aleph Lamed. And it's very rarely just Lamed. And just Lamed, La, can also be understood as about her, regarding her, with respect to her. It's not adonai eleha, like adonai el moshe And so it may be that Rashi finds an opening on the fact that it's prepositional lamed, not el, yes. and through that opening, he and others say, ah, this reinforces our, our unconscious understanding that God would never speak to a woman, but it is actually indeed written differently than almost every other time that God speaks to Moshe or, or, or someone directly
0: thank you that's
8: great i had
0: the same thought so baruch shakivanti and i also thought that i do wonder if both for rashi and specifically for ibn ezra if the thing that's bothering them is that god would have a more direct conversational relationship with rivka than they would have with sarah who got a messenger to tell mm. her family of, of the impending pregnancy and such and this idea of that there would be some sort of inversion of the Yuri Data Dorot with the relationship with god mm. that that might have been like irksome in its own way but i also had the same thought of that you know it, it just doesn't it doesn't sit well with them in addition to the to the um gendered relationship it, i think it wouldn't have sat right with them thank you so much i think we have one more
2: so I may, be, I may be stretching very far here, but I kind of was just wondering, like in Genesis 25:21, we know that Yitzchak in some way communicates with God and it says that God responds, right. but we don't know what that response is. Mm. So I wonder, you know, based on what Rabbi Klickfeld was saying, if perhaps actually it's God talking now to Yitzchak mm. and answering both of their kind of prayers to God in one breath. I, I don't know.
0: Thank you. I love that. And also, there's because we're looking back at that. I'm looking back at that first now. There's that mirroring of the Baye Ater Lo and then the Bayomer Aronai La. So the Lo and the La are both present. That's interesting. Thank you all so much for um, uh, helping us hold on to these commentaries a little bit uh, uh, more dearly. Thank you. Um, So we've already done on the back, there's two reflections. We've already been doing a comparison of God's response to Rifka's prayer and god's response to yitzchak's prayer but i just want to sort of uh say that i think that's actually a beautiful direction i was sort of thinking of you know maybe understanding god's response to yitzchak's prayer with the action of rifka being pregnant so that's like an active response and then god's response to rifka's prayer being this potentially this dialogue or this like verbal or intellectual or spiritual response so i just want to leave you with this um, as we uh go through the rest of the prayers that we have this morning and later today if you're back for afternoon and evening prayers um so this last question at the end on the page seven but just to take home and and also something you can sit with throughout the rest of the service when you pray how do you pray is it more in line with Yitzchak's prayer or Rivka's prayer or both or neither and what are your hopes in terms of a response from God do you hope for a response from God directly through a messenger or prophet, through action. Um, so, and I, I hope we find the rest of our prayers uh, meaningful today and uh, throughout the rest of Shabbat. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts.